Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you might be listening to this or watching this, it's the uh, Common Good Podcast. It's Tuesday. We're going to talk about politics like we always do on Tuesdays. Our fearless leader is not with us today. He is uh, somewhere outside of, I don't know, somewhere in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. Uh, that's right. Driving home from a uh, from a wedding, apparently, allegedly, apparently. <laughs> and uh, so, Dan Diedrich, hello, good to good to see you today. I'm Rob Ryersy. I'm in uh, Springdale, Arkansas. Dan, you're uh, South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. Yep. Doug always likes to talk about the weather, but I don't. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, I yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't care what it's yeah. doing there, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. Seriously. But uh, yeah, hope you're doing well. It yeah. is, uh, it's Tuesday. It's a Tuesday in August, which means uh, it's election day. It's primary day. And there are uh, there are a, a, a lot of states, several states that are uh, going to be choosing candidates today for um, their respective parties in all sorts of offices to show up on the ballot in on uh on november in november uh so today we've got arizona it's going to the polls kansas missouri michigan and washington so a lot of states uh voting today and there's uh there's some big stuff dan have you heard about this um value them both amendment in uh in kansas no but i feel like i saw some billboards with that message yeah yeah so what's going on in kansas is um so the kansas supreme court ruled several years ago that the kansas constitution includes a right to privacy which protects women's um rights for reproductive choice reproductive health um basically you know in in other words women in kansas have a a state constitutional right to to get an abortion um, if they so choose. Uh, And the Kansas legislature can't do anything about it. So the Kansas legislature has proposed a constitutional amendment called the value them both amendment, um, which uh, is a, you know, will change the Kansas constitution giving the legislature the right to legislate about abortion, um, which means that they will immediately go into a special session and, uh, and outlaw abortion in Kansas. And uh, like this amendment gives no protection for life of the mother, for any exceptions, you know, it gives, it gives the Kansas legislature um, just carte blanche to, make any decision they want, which, you know, we kind of all know what they would do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's called value them both, even though, um, you know, that's (laughs) quite a misleading name, but here's the reason I'm talking about this. So today, so there's, there's two really frustrating things about it. One is that the Kansas legislature put this constitutional amendment on the ballot today, which is primary day. They didn't put it on the ballot in November when most people go to the polls to vote. Mm-hmm. They put it on the ballot today so that uh, you know they could kind of engineer a victory by having it on a on a day when you know fewer people vote. So 
that's you know one kind of part of the dirty tricks. Second part of the dirty tricks, yesterday, Democratic voters all over Kansas got text messages that said that the value them both amendment to the Constitution of Kansas preserves, protects, gives women the right to choose, make their own choices on reproductive health, and therefore they should vote yes on value them both amendment, which is the exact opposite of the truth. It is a complete and utter lie. Here's, here's, Here's exactly what the text said because a friend of mine got it, so I just brought it up. It says, women in Kansas are losing their choice on reproductive rights. Voting yes on the amendment will give women a choice. Vote yes to protect women's health. Oh, my gosh. That's what the text, that's what the text said, and it's the exact opposite of the truth. Uh, the <sighs> Kansas yeah, State Ethics Committee has said there's nothing they can do about these texts. Um, no idea who they're coming from, who paid course, for them, who's yeah. sending them. Who could ever um, know? Yeah, yeah. It's so lots of dirty tricks going on in Kansas. Lots of bad actors, and uh, you know, there's there's lots of elections to keep an eye on. And you know, this is a big. You know, some of us have said, I I am one of them, said that the best chance for. Democrats to hold the House and expand their lead in the Senate uh, was for Roe v. Wade to be overturned, which is not a reason for that to happen, not something that we wanted to happen in any way, shape, or form. But the byproduct of that would be energy and excitement, motivation to vote on the Democratic side that would give Democrats a chance to hold the House, hold the Senate. Uh, this vote in Kansas today feels like it's really the first opportunity to test that theory Mm. to see if voters are going to be motivated by the opportunity to protect choice. Um, And if they are, um, you know, what, so this this vote in Kansas feels like it's going to be a, a bellwether for the primaries and and you know what to expect. I don't know. Do you you have any thoughts on all that? Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right that the level of outrage at overturning Roe is definitely going to turn out people. Um, whether or not it'll turn people out in the primaries where their vote doesn't really count for anything else because they know who's going to win. In the general, <laughs> you know, uh, that is that is an interesting question. So if this, if people will go out to vote just for this uh, ballot initiative about Roe, that'll say a lot, I think, about the the level of engagement of people. Yeah, but that's not the only like interesting race that's happening. There's also this fascinating Senate race in Missouri, <laughs> um, and and it's really interesting on both sides. Um, we actually are candidates for Common Good, which we'll be announcing another round of candidates for Common Good uh, next week, next Tuesday, and uh, and we've we it, it's we've got some exciting uh, exciting candidates that are going to be part of that announcement, including some. Elected officials, which is uh, which is exciting. Any candidates um, named Eric? 
Any Eric? So, at all? well, I was going to say on the, I, I feel a little bit like, I feel a little bit like Donald Trump because, you know, our candidates for common good, we don't, um, we don't pick sides in primaries. Um, you know, it's not an endorsement. It's an invitation for candidates to say, Hey, I'll use the common good as a voting is my, is my governing criteria. And it is completely conceivable to think that multiple democratic candidates in a race would, would think that. And so, and would, you know, govern that way. Uh, so we've got actually two candidates for common good that are running for the United States Senate in Missouri against each other in the primary. Um, and that's good because oh, they're, they're basically yeah, I, saying I, I was, we're not mortal enemies. We're competing yeah, for a thing, yeah, but we both yeah, want yeah, the same. Yeah. Both Spencer Toter and Lance Kuntz um, are candidates for common good. Spencer and Lance um, aren't the same name. And it might it and and you know what I said Lance because I have done this multiple times now with with it's Lucas Coons not Lance Lucas Coons, um, not the same name. Um, so on the Republican side, yesterday Donald Trump um, Truth Social Truth uh, endorsement of uh, Eric. <laughs> Is this like a let's go Brandon situation? Like, let's go Eric. Oh, it's so funny. Um, you know, so so Trump sends out an endorsement um, of, uh, you know, someone in the Senate race in Missouri. You know, of course, the day before, um, once he, you know, has some sense of who's going to win, uh, you know, he, he jumps on, you know, who he thinks the winner is going to be. And endorses that person so he can claim credit, which he's done multiple times now because his he's failed so often with his endorsements. Donald Trump, you know, sent out this message that he was endorsing for Missouri Senate Eric. 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 <laughs> uh, now the problem. Okay, the problem is both of the leading Republicans in. Missouri running for the United States Senate are are named Eric. Uh, Eric Schmidt, Eric Greitens, and Eric Greitens, you might remember, he's the one who uh, created that ad where he was going to go rhino hunting, you know? Oh, that guy? Uh, yeah. That guy, yeah. So Eric Greitens, the, uh, the former governor of Missouri who's been accused of domestic abuse and sexual assault against Eric Schmidt, who is the attorney general of Missouri, who, you know, is an election denier and climate denier, science denier, all that stuff. So it's just, uh, take your so pick. So either with Eric Eric's. seems like Trump's kind of guy, but he yeah. doesn't clarify. He doesn't like a day no, has he, gone by. <laughs> And he hasn't clarified. And so you get both Eric's <laughs> claiming the endorsement. <laughs> yeah, so Eric Schmidt says, Hey, I'm grateful for President Trump's endorsement. Eric Greitens says, I'm honored to receive President Trump's endorsement. Oh, my goodness. And he hasn't claimed. Oh, it's so funny. So at this point, Trump's probably going to wait till after the primary and say, yeah, the guy that won, that was my Eric. Exactly. Because he doesn't like to pick oh. a loser. 
Oh my goodness! It's, <laughs> this, is, this is it's like we are living a like if the if the writers of Veep had come up with this <laughs> right. as a plot, we would be like, "Oh, this is just silly." That's outlandish. But it's actually happening. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I feel like every day is a bad episode of Veep at this point. Yeah. I, uh, you know, when uh, on inauguration day, Doug and I were in Washington, DC. Um, and, uh, and we had an episode of uh, the final episode of, uh, a podcast we used to do called this guy's got to go. Um, in which we would talk about how Donald Trump needed to go. And, uh, and so for our final episode, after we watched Donald Trump fly away in his helicopter, leaving the White House, which was r- a really glorious thing to watch, by the way, um, watching him actually go, um, I put together this list of the craziest things that happened in the Trump administration <laughs> over four years. And I was going to do a top 10 list. Uh, we did a top 10 list, and then we had... 25 honorable mentions <laughs> because there were so many crazy things that happened. Like, <laughs> like, remember that time he looked at the solar eclipse? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so uh, many yeah. things, so many crazy things happened. Um, I think you know, endorsing two Eric's like this would make the list. This is such a hilarious thing that has taken place. And the fact that he has, now, do you think he just did this stupidly and is now like, you know, like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I'm, you know, I meant to do this. Or do you think that he, you know, there's some, is, is Trump playing, you know, 3d chess while we're playing checkers <laughs> here? Like what, what's your, what's your take, Dan? I don't think he's playing checkers. I don't, I don't think he gave it any more thought than uh, he heard the name Eric. Someone said, Eric's my guy. He pressed send on a casual endorsement truth tweet. And now, like, every other decision or thing he said on Twitter or any public sphere, he has to pretend like he meant to do this. (laughs) And he will double down... And go down with the ship. Like the inauguration photos of like, I had a bigger crowd than Obama. (laughs) And then people show the photos that clearly show he did not have a larger crowd. Yeah. But he has fake photos. (laughs) Dan, uh, this could be, uh, this is just like reminisce about crazy Trump. (laughs) Do you remember the time that he drew the like path of the hurricane with a Sharpie on the map yes. because he had said, no, buddy, you can't just, you can't just, you know, modify the map. Cause it looked you like a misspoke. kindergartner drew the, <laughs> Oh, so funny. Yeah. Oh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Uh, what are we going to do when he's gone? <laughs> uh, just live our lives. Uh, well, listen. Quiet. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to uh, some you know serious business. Yeah. So the president has COVID, um, and then got it again. Um, you know uh, this 
everybody's talking about like the rare rebound case. I I don't know, Dan. Like if if this were Donald Trump having like in this situation, we would be questioning the reality of all of this, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, it'd be. I mean, with Trump, you question everything. I'd, yeah, you question whether Melania was actually standing next to him or if it was a stand-in. You remember that whole thing? It's like, <laughs> is that really her? Is she <laughs> just the littlest yeah. insignificant things you have to Yeah. Like, is that oh. really what's happening right now? Yeah. So But Biden's um, getting better. And <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you saw the comparison tweets of statements when when Trump got COVID, Vice President mm-hmm. Biden, you know, then not in office at all, uh, you yeah. know, tweeted out some nice, like, hey, we're all praying yeah. for the president, hope, hoping for a speedy recovery. Just yeah. a normal thing yeah. to well, say, even about a political game. opponent. Yes. And, the, <laughs> and Trump's thing is just like, just taking he's a... He's weak, he's going to yeah. die. <laughs> Just the most, losers ins- get going. Yeah, most insensitive, <laughs> like petty, childish, like uh, so presidential. That's the uh, day he goodness. became president. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, while Joe Biden has been recovering from COVID twice now, um, it seems like he's getting some stuff done, uh, which is, you know, a, a, a big encouragement for those of us that uh, want Democrats to hold the House and expand their. Uh, uh, their lead in the Senate. Um, so part of that kind of getting stuff done, it looks like they're on track to pass a major climate and healthcare bill that was, you know, originally a part of the, the Build Back Better Act, Build Back Better Act, that was uh, foiled by Joe Manchin and his refusal to get on board with with the president's agenda. Uh, now Chuck Schumer, majority leader of the Senate, uh, democratic leader of the Senate, um, has worked out a deal with Joe Manchin and, uh, um, got him on board on a couple of big parts of the president's agenda, um, giving some concessions like a new pipeline through West Virginia and, you know, a bunch of stuff that, makes me a little queasy, mm-hmm. but I understand, you know, politics is what politics is. So, you know, the president is poised to have a, a pretty big victory if, uh, if Democrats can get Kristen Cinema to go along with it. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, democratic I'm, Senator from Arizona. I'm very glad there's any movement at all about climate change. Cause this mm-hmm. is the looming emergency of our, generation mm-hmm. that is going to drastically impact our kids and grandkids um, yep. and is currently impacting us, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, yep. So I'm glad there's movement at all. Really annoyed that everyone had to kowtow to Joe Manchin and carve things out for him. And uh, just so annoying that so many things have been held up by this one guy I guess yeah. he's a Democrat on paper, but doesn't seem to be on board with any of the Democratic platform. So, yeah, for sure. And it's you know, uh, but do you think Cinema those, now is going to be like, oh, my I, turn, my turn to hold I, it up? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, she has not indicated how she's going to vote, and you know, they can't. They're they're not going to be able to move forward without her vote. It is required because of the you know razor thin margin that they have of in a fifty fifty Senate. They you need all fifty Democrats to go along with it, yeah. or uh, it's not going to happen. Um, so you know, I, I I think you know at some point it feels like okay, you know, you made your point, you made your stand last year and scuttled this, but now we're in an election year and it is not just, you know, we're within a hundred days of the election and, you know, this is absolutely critical. I think the screws get turned a little bit and uh, my guess is Christian cinema will come around and Democrats will, you know, have some, some legislation to, to run on. Um, they should have had uh, expanding care for veterans, but that got scuttled by Republicans who apparently don't care that our veterans are traumatized by uh, not physically, emotionally, in every way by their experiences, particularly – Dan, how familiar were you with this whole burn pit thing? I this wasn't something I was familiar with until the John Stewart episode um, yeah. on his new show that came out. Um, and the reason I even watched that episode uh, is because one of my friends was on it. Uh, oh wow! Uh, there's yeah, there's a guy who ran for Congress in New York City named Isaiah James, um, and I, Isaiah is just I I just love him. He's, he's one of those people that I just adore. And uh, he was a congressional candidate in, in 2020 um, in New York City. Didn't win. Um, but he was on the panel mm. that Jon Stewart had on that episode talking about burn pits. And then he got, as a result of that, Isaiah got invited to the White House to talk about burn pits. And his experience of being a soldier where basically like what, what happens is like, you know, when, when we're at war – they set up like these burn pits and just burn whatever and and yeah there's soldiers. no trash service and so they got to get rid of all this stuff they pour diesel fuel and jet fuel on it and burn it yeah and and uh veterans have have experienced horrible side effects as a result of you know living and breathing and existing next to these burn pits uh and uh, and Isaiah, my friend Isaiah, is one of them. Mm. Well, so this uh, this bill um, was going to address some of that, and uh, you know, I'm like, come on, this is like an easy bipartisan, yeah. everybody on board for this thing, and enough Republicans voted to block it. So what what they have is in the Senate, there's a what's called a cloture vote, which closes the debate on. Um, on a bill uh, and you have to have 60 votes to for cloture. And then once you close the debate, then the bill goes to and basically an up or down vote of, and, and that's like 50, 50. So you have to get 60 votes to close the debate. And it's basically, okay, is it time to vote on this yet? Well, I think it was 42 Republicans voted against that. They could only get 58 votes to close the debate. And so it, you know, it basically killed the bill that right there. 
Um, and, uh, and it's just mind boggling to me. Why, um, why Senate Republicans would do this. And, you know, there, there's been even, there's been Senate Republicans who have, you know, read the bill and have talked about, you know, in the news, like, listen, there is nothing else in this. So people like Ted Cruz and others have claimed that, you know, this bill is filled with pork and, you know, isn't really about veterans. Other Republican senators have said, no, that's absolutely not the case. Yeah. It's actually um, just about veterans and all the money is designated in that it has to go to what it says it's going for. Yeah. Ted Cruz yeah. tried to say like, oh, they did this little uh, sleight of hand trick and moved the money from discretionary to designated. Uh, there's a great clip of John Stewart who's on the screen and has been an advocate throughout this saying like, that is a flat out lie. It's always been designated and designated is good because discretionary means you can use it for whatever. So designated yeah. means it has to be spent on veterans' health. So I don't, I don't get why people like Ted Cruz and forty-two others are against this. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you saw the video of you know we had a conversation. I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago about uh, Joe Biden fist bumping the uh, the leader of Saudi Arabia, the Crown Prince, uh, yep. um, and you know what that meant. Um, after this vote was taken, um, a couple of Republican senators, Ted Cruz and another guy, were seen fist bumping each other on the uh, on the floor of the United States Senate. Did not celebrating, see that. yeah, celebrating. Now, like, if we're going to get upset about a fist bump, that's a fist bump I can get upset about because it, what it indicates is that these Republican senators are putting in my estimation, putting political calculations against uh, ahead of like the needs of people. And listen, I, I can say like, okay, let's, we could have a conversation of whether or not it's the government's job to provide health care If that's a, if that's a right for everybody free mm-hmm. quality healthcare free, we, we could have that discussion. I, I tend to think it is, I think, you know, yeah, people should just be able to live healthy lives, and but we could we could have that discussion mm-hmm. when we're talking about veterans, people who served our country, volunteered to do so, and are being affected by things outside of their control, mm-hmm. burn pits impacting their health burn pits like this is on the job you know I, like like it's a requirement of their service to be next to these burn pits mm-hmm. like like we have the abs like there is no discussion of whether or not these folks need to be helped yeah there's no discussion like this is and like, why yes. has it taken this long? Like this has been many of these vets have been sick for years. Many yes. of them have died waiting for healthcare coverage. It's just mind-boggling to me that the Republicans who are so pro troop pro you know support the troops 
haven't jumped on this to say, of course we're going to support our men and women that we sent into harm's way, even when it wasn't bullets that were harming them. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. infuriated. Yeah. And infuriated by the fist bump celebration of it. Like we are going to we are going to keep veterans from getting the help that they need. We're going to keep Democrats from having any kind of political victory. Well, listen, get on board with this and make it like, you know, you get a hundred votes for this thing in the Senate, and you know who gets the political victory for it? Everybody. Right. Everybody. <laughs> Like it, there's one of two ways to like steal this away from Democrats as a political victory. Either kill it and kill veterans in the process. Literally, yeah. Or get everybody on board and everybody celebrates it. Uh huh. They of course chose the path of cruelty. I yeah. Even politically, I don't understand. Are they trying yeah. to use this as a like? political bargaining tool like hey we'll pass this if you do this no, for I, us i mean i think I, I think the reality is is a couple of things one is john stewart was involved in this issue and there's a lot of you know pent-up republican rage against anybody in the quote-unquote liberal media which john stewart <laughs> would be a part of that i think I think there's also the calculation that people don't pay attention mm-hmm. and that like giving the president or the Democrats any kind of victory is a greater danger that there would be backlash based on their actions. Because I Gosh. think that, I think the calculation is, is that, you know, it's come on, it's this happened in July. Who's, Who's paying attention, really? Uh, well, I think it might backfire on him this time. I'm hoping. Boy, it does. I hope so. And I think I John Stewart so. is right. He gave this righteous, angry uh, statement after this all went down, and said, "Like I'm used to the incompetence. I'm used to the the two faced like hypocrisy." Yeah. He's like, "I'm not used to the cruelty. Yeah, these people are cowards." And these Republican senators will not meet with veterans groups. That's what's crazy to me. Like, they won't meet with the people that they are voting against. And yet somehow, they're still the pro-military, back our troops people. Yeah. I I mean, that's the, yeah, the the ability of the Republicans to co-opt patriotism is just infuriating. And yeah. I mean, this ties into like January 6th. Uh-huh. Like to think that what happened on January 6th in the insurrection was in any way motivated by love of country, it was not. Like, I mean, this is like, I'm, I live in Arkansas and a, there, and I, I always say this to Doug and it, it kind of blows his mind. A day, a day doesn't go by that I don't see a Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. Every single day, I see a Confederate flag on the back of a pickup truck, on somebody's hat, on flying in front of somebody's house. Every single day, I see a Confederate flag. Yeah. Um, and to think, like, but the the Confederates 
Like these folks, they think that they're so patriotic. They think they love America. And it's just like, <laughs> wait a minute, what in the world? And you know, you look at the events of January 6th and like you you think you're protect you are protecting the election, stopping the steal. Like you're actually damaging democracy, right. damaging the country, demonstrating the contempt that you have for freedom in our in our country it is so infuriating and Mm -hmm. you know there's some sense of like is the january 6th commission is it gonna is it gonna it like is it is it gonna you know make any difference uh i don't know we'll see you know what has made the difference for one individual though is uh you know going through the legal process. And so one of the people that stormed the Capitol um, was convicted um, and sentenced this week to seven years in prison for his involvement in the, uh, in the insurrection. Um, I think this is important for a couple of reasons. One is it shows that, you know, sentences, punishments are, are getting more and more serious um, as the second walking thing up the food chain kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, second thing that I, I found interesting. I mean, one of the jaw dropping things from the January six hearings was the revelation that secret service and Donald Trump knew that, um, many people were armed and, you know, carrying firearms at the ellipse at the stop the steel rally. And, you know, then, told by Donald Trump to um, march to the Capitol and fight like hell. Donald Trump knew that those folks were armed. This man um, was convicted of carrying a handgun on uh, Capitol grounds. So I like that, like there, there seems to be some connection there, which I think it, that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think this shows that, Beyond the political, beyond the rhetoric of the you know Trump supporters calling these folks political prisoners, like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and others have done, um, you know, there's the realization that like, okay, the political rhetoric is one thing, the legal process is something that like can't be stymied, and whether you're Steve Bannon or this guy or fingers crossed Donald Trump, um, you know. You, you can't outrun outrun the law. Yeah, forever. Hopefully, yeah. Oh, hopefully is the key <laughs> word there. It seems like I mean, there's people in prison for 20 years or life because of three strikes, nonviolent drug offenses. You know, like there's people in jail for way longer for way less. Seems like storming the Capitol for an insurrection damage democracy and prevent the peaceful transfer of power would warrant, you know, a sentence of seven years or more. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sort of shocked think. that more people haven't been sentenced for longer, but yeah. Yeah. You would think, uh, well, Dan, uh, I don't know. You got any other stories you want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the, uh, Killing of Bin Laden's number two guy. Uh, yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of time about it. Joe Biden will kind of take credit, and Republicans will downplay that. But though, I encourage folks to check out apparently the CIA weapon that was used to uh, 
um, to get this guy is called the Kinetic Hellfire R9X, which Dan, I, you can, I, I texted this to yeah, you so you can I see, see it. the diagram. Um, it apparently is a missile that doesn't have a warhead with explosives. It has blades that swing out at the last moment. And so that only one person is killed by this missile. Just yeah. insane. I like, listen, I'm not like pro war or anything um, in any way, shape or form. Uh, Cause I don't know. I believe Jesus, but <laughs> I would, mu- <laughs> I would much rather if we have to, if the government insists, I would much rather we use things like this that uh, don't have the collateral damage of, you know, killing all sorts of innocent yeah, folks that uh, get caught up because they're you know around those who are targeted, right? And apparently I Biden, but- throughout the planning process, was very actively involved to a granular level and insisted that this only be carried out if there were an almost guarantee of no civilian casualties. And so that even the people living in the house with this bad guy cannot be harmed. And so they yeah. came up with like this throwing knife missile. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you like you go to like the axe throwing place that's popped up in your town, yeah. and you know you drink a beer and you throw the axe. It's like there's CIA guys going, oh, you know, I wonder if we could put this on a missile. <laughs> like, and then they did. Then so, I they mean, did. this is, yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a crazy world that we live in, Dan. It is. But we're going to keep uh, keep doing good, keep uh, watching elections and seeing what's happening. If you're in mm-hmm. Kansas today, make sure you go out and you vote no um, on the uh, on the amendment, the value of the both amendment. If you're in Michigan or Missouri or Washington or any place else that's voting today, make sure you head out and vote. Lots of big decisions to make on who's going to yeah. represent us and lead us. So, and shout out to and, everyone in the chat. Yep. JFJ Live asks, "Are you live or no?" Yes, we are. Sorry, yeah. we just didn't uh, get around to engaging with some of the comments. David Johnson yep. said, uh, "Maybe one of the funniest jokes of all time." You guys are definitely the common bad. Little play on our name of common good. He's he spun it around. Good on Very you, David. clever. You guys, the common bad. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, uh, and Trisha is also confused. She says, "I don't get the Confederate flag. They lost." Yeah, yeah same. That's uh, yeah. don't get it yeah. either. But thanks for sticking around. Thanks for being uh, with us today. And uh, we'll we'll see y'all tomorrow. Rob, you got anything else? No, I'm good. All right, take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>